So words are one thing and the realities that those words may indicate is another thing. So for example, one thing is to say the word food in English, food, and another thing is to actually have food. The word food won't help us, whereas that which the word stands for may help us even if we don't know the word for it. We forgot the word, we're so hungry, we forgot even how to say food. But if somebody gives us food, and so far as we didn't forget how to eat, we're, we're all good. We can eat and, and be full. So we have to look beneath the words and look at the realities that something indicates. So either a word indicates a reality that is and can clearly be conceived, or it's simply a term, it's simply a sound. So in that case, we don't really have to worry so much about uh, what's true or false. We have to worry about clearly conceiving something. If we can absolutely clearly conceive something, which is different than simply uh, imagining different terms or some kind of blurry images, if we can really know what we're talking about, we have what we have. For example, we really clearly conceive why two and two is four. Well, then we have uh, we have what we have and we can call it two and two is four or we can say that we can say aye, aye. we can say any sounds we want but the reality is what it is so we can do that for, for all things all together and, and really try to clarify our understanding so here it, it can we can apply this to um to a particular concept which is that uh, that, that has been called by plenty of different names in plenty of different uh, cultures and, and throughout the times and throughout history, but um, there seems to be the, this, this concept that there are individuals that, that all things considered, irrespective of how successful they are in in, uh, in in certain ways, whether it's with wealth or fame or or a particular skill or ability or anything at all, uh, fundamentally have our failures as individuals and then there's other individuals that irrespective of anything else even if they're poor even if they're not successful by worldly standards are successful fundamentally as individuals now what are the clear realities here that we can really wrap our minds around just like two plus two is four it's a difficult question so a way perhaps to think about it is if we start from the beginning we see everybody's born a baby so what does every baby have in common uh, before there's been an opportunity for any kind of difference to, to arise, at least that's in reference to a person's efforts and, and activities and experience. We would say, obviously, there's babies that are born very, very different. But uh, again, in reference to what we do, say that every single baby, uh, 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 the, uh, we see by the term baby, we mean, first of all, a, a particular body. We see a particular body, a person that has sight and isn't blind, sees a particular body, uh, and that it's really small and cute, and we call that a baby. But the body is not the baby, and the baby is not the word baby. So what is a baby? So too bad we can't remember what it was like to be babies, but we have to guesstimate. We look at the outer signs. For example, we see a person eating. We speculate that there's an accompanying experience similar to the one we've had of eating. Maybe not. Maybe the person can't taste anything. So we, we could ask them, or we, in which case we would modify our assessment there, but uh, we make that assumption. We can only do our best. So here, by observing the baby and by trying to communicate with the baby and, and all of that and doing studies and and doing research, we speculate that it's a, it's a very contracting, tiny little point of creaturely individuality. It's not even that there's an individuality. There's no personal identity. There's no sense of self. It's just the capacity, kind of quote-unquote, open-sourced, uh, capacity to, to have sensations. You pinch the baby. We, we suppose there's an accompanying feeling. The baby eats and he or she stops crying. We suppose there's been a, a modification of experience. The cold, the heat, we see the responses and, and we guesstimate from there. So we see that every baby has that in common. There's no such thing in real life as that movie. It's a Benjamin Button with Brad Pitt where he's an old man is born as a baby. Even then probably he couldn't talk, could he? But it lets, in a movie we could have that where the, the baby pops out Hey, what's good? What's going on? I'm here. 
but uh, in, in real life, we don't have that. Every baby is born as with a as that contracted uh, little creature. Uh, so then we ask, what happens from there? And what would distinguish somebody that has been successful in that fundamental way that has been referred to forever? And as far as we have written records, and, and what about the person who, who fails? What, what's going on? So and say that um, it would seem to be that the, uh, the real um, point of... Um, the the fu- point of function here, the most important thing is is uh, the the expansion of oneself and, and the reduction of one's selfishness and one's animality, uh, and that uh, and we say that uh, the the process of maturation when it's undergone successfully, that's what occurs. A person expands and expands, rung by rung, step by step. First, uh, an identity develops, and the baby thinks, okay. I'm the son or daughter of so-and-so. Now I learn about my heritage. I learn about my community. I think of myself in broader terms. Now I go to school. I learn about these things and those things. Now I'm brought in here. I have all these different interests. Now I go to a trade school. I go to the military. I go to the university or I start to work immediately. And now I'm brought in further. I'm somebody who provides service to the community. I'm someone that has these kinds of skills. I'm somebody that plays this function in the in the world. Now I have relationships. I have friend relationships. Relationships. I have romantic relationships, family relationships. Each of these relationships forces me to step outside of myself to do something for somebody else and to, to uh, kind of be on somebody else's terms and not be so selfish and, and inward and self-centered and vain. Uh, now I, I continue to, to move throughout the world and serve people and do things for others and serve my family. Maybe I have children. Now I have to serve them. I have a, I have a spouse. I have to serve him or her. Maybe I have... Um, uh, neighbors in a community. I have to do things for the community. Uh, I, I continue to, to develop my mind, expand my mind, and hear of new ideas. And now I'm building up this individuality that if it's successful, it's ever it, it, it's in, ever increasing in broadness. Uh, it, it's not narrow. It's not contracted. It's not subjective. The subjectivity, or it is, but it's always going down. The subjectivity is always being reduced. The creatureliness is always being reduced. So we see, obviously, is that what usually happens? And unfortunately, tragically for all of us, the answer is that no, that's not what usually happens. And what usually happens is that uh, the subjectivity increases with time as opposed to decreasing. And thus, crazily enough, we see that uh, we, we become even worse than animals because animals, they're the same way. We say that a beetle is born, it'll always be a beetle. A bear is oh, will always be a bear. A fish, always a fish. We see that where animals begin in the same place where a baby begins, but animals can never, ever expand even one bit. Uh, we would say maybe on a very, very superficial level, if you take a, a, a monkey and you extensively train it and you teach her the bonobo, right? They teach the smartest bonobo to speak and, and you can have a tiny little superficial uh, apparent expansion of self, but it's obviously, it's nothing real. It's nothing like us. They can't do it. That's the, the whole difference between the homo sapiens and the rest of us, you and I, and the rest of the animals. They cannot really expand, but we, we don't simply stay as we were in the creaturely state. We contract further. So we fa- we proactively fail. So we become wretched. Right? The baby is not wretched. The baby is not screwed. Pardon the language, because that's that's the, the starting point. That's the the starting line. But as the race goes on, the animals also are not wretched because they they don't contract further. They don't become more narrow than themselves. Uh, the 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 elephant doesn't become a shell of its former elephant self. The lion doesn't become a shell of its former uh, self. Even then, again, see, we would say maybe. 
if you if you take a line, you put in a small cage, we see the line can also so, so-called psychologically suffer. But nonetheless, though, we would say this is on a surface level. The animals remain as they are. They don't have the intellect to transcend themselves. But we, we proactively contract ourselves. We proactively become more and more inward in this negative way. In a way, that's not toward desire. Why? Is it because we mean bad? Is it because we choose so? And we'd say, no, it's because we use the wrong technique. We don't have the skills. We don't have the moral knowledge to, to make something of ourselves as a human being and to properly expand. We'd say that we have a, a necessary nature and it has to, it, 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 we have to find higher and higher expressions for it. And when we don't, the whole process uh, falls into itself and and, um, and collapses and goes the other way. So, for example, let's say that a feature of our necessary nature is that we have infinite pride. We have infinite, na- excuse me, we have an infinite need for dignity and self-esteem. And we see that these needs uh, are threatened very early on. When we're very small, we may not understand. We may be all good, but then we see we see little things. For example, oh, little Sally, little Bob is better than me. Little Bob stole my ball. Little Sally stole my what's this word? Stole my uh, sandals. Uh, you know, now I go to school. I'm not the smartest kid. I'm not the richest kid. All of these little things that are stepping on our dignity. We to ourselves are singular. We to ourselves or all of existence. So it doesn't make any sense that we can be second to somebody or that we can be insignificant, that we can be nothing, that we can be a nobody. So then there's a psychological reaction to, th- to that. There's the extremes where we have uh, a personality that, that is not at all integrated, that hasn't at all been formed, and that's where we have those super monsters because they have those same threats to their dignity and their self-esteem, and they create massive psychic demands that have to be paid off later on. So for example, goodness forbid, bajillion times a kid is uh, abused the kid is mistreated so later on especially if the personality doesn't fully form or doesn't form past a certain extent there's going to be that massive demand to compensate for that and to get somebody back so then we see these uh these things in the nose, the serial killers and the and the monsters and the sickos and all of that. That's the extreme. The less extreme is that we then have different psychological reactions. We hunker down uh, on, in our narrowness, in our views, uh, and, uh, and, and and our life is basically a psychological show, a psychological compensation for the, these perceived threats to our infinite dignity, to our infinite self-esteem, to, a, to any suppressions uh, of our necessary nature. So that, that's one thing that, that goes wrong. Also, what goes wrong is that we, we're always ready and willing to bend the truth to accommodate uh, any of our psychological demands, meaning we have some kind of emotional uh, request to so say from our unconsciousness, again, to so say, and consequently, we bend the truth to accommodate that. We need to say that A is B and B is A, and we say that. We need to lie, we do. We need to lie to ourselves. we do. It's whatever it takes to preserve and protect our dignity, our self-esteem, and further, we become ambassadors of our animal inclinations, which are always compelling us to be lazy, to be bums, to do as little as possible. We begin to defend it. We begin to, to defend our, our natural desires and our natural preferences to build our ideologies, our worldviews around our temperaments and around our desires. So all of these different things, basically, we become intellectually corrupted. We, we change our understanding of truth to accommodate our weaknesses, to accommodate our subjective uh, kind of accidents of individuality. And that f- uh, further creates suffering because the, the way to the less suffering is to connect more with truth. With reality. So that creates more suffering, which creates a further psychic demand, uh, uh, which um, 
which uh, induces more lying, more disconnection with truth, which creates more suffering, and so forth and so on, until we can proactively have shrunk, our, have shrunk ourselves down. Excuse me. So, for example, again, um, a different animal, for example, a, a squirrel, is born a squirrel, lives a squirrel, and dies a squirrel. Let's say we give it a value of one, right? 100%. It's 100% the whole time it's a squirrel. We, we can't say, it would be difficult to say a baby um we would say that there's certain growth up to a certain point. Let's say we reach a certain point of fullness of, of individuality at a certain age, 13, 14, 15, whatever it may be. We reach 100%, but then we begin to contract and contract and contract. And eventually we can reach uh, a negative one. We can reach negative two. We can reach negative 500%, negative 1,000%. Meaning we say uh, we encounter a person that has lived through, through life. And if things are as they are, the rule, not the exception, a person has negatively contracted. A person has become uber subjective a, a person has used his or her relationships to subjectivize him or herself meaning for example in theory it should be like we said at the beginning that our relationships are meant to uncontract us to make us less selfish why doesn't it work out so it's because we have them on our terms we look for somebody not to give to not to serve but to serve us and give to us Right, we look for, I want a spouse that'll make me feel good, that'll make me feel special, that's not going to demand too many responsibilities from me, that's not going to take away my freedom. I, I don't, maybe I don't even want kids because I don't want my freedom taken away. If I do, I want them on my standards and my terms. I want them to be the way that I like. I don't care what's truly good for them. I have my preferences. I have my opinions here. I want it like that. My friends, obviously, I'm going to uh, cherry pick specifically to accommodate my subjectivity, my narrow needs, uh, and all of that. Obviously, the things that I continually see, whether it's on the internet or on social media or in society or the circles I move in, the jobs that I select, they're all going to be custom tailored to me. So we see that the, what usually factors that are is supposed to bring us out of ourself, we, we change things around so that they bring us more and more into ourself. And now it seems to be Easier than ever. Not that anything is really new. We don't want to make that mistake saying, oh, the, the modern times, it's always, it's always been the same thing. Now maybe just fine. There's broader, there's more opportunities to, to do it through technology. But anyhow, so we say that, um, what's the problem with this? The problem is that if we reach the end of our days and we failed in our fundamental mission in life, which is to reduce our selfishness and expand ourselves and escape our animality, that's we're, we're wretchedness incarnate. Where it, it's a it's an unbelievable hellhole that we have gotten ourselves in, and it would be very tempting there now at, at this point. Uh, we unconsciously reach out if we haven't already done so before to various. Um, it thinks ideologies, the various philosophies that can exculpate us, that can make us, can can reduce us to, to nothingness, because we would rather be nothing than to be like this in an absolute, be an absolute wretched, uh, nothing uh, piece of dirt. Right? We would rather say that uh, you know I've already disproven that I don't I don't really exist because I'm just my brain, I'm just these uh, these cells, I'm just these atoms, that I'm just a small dot in the universe. So we reach for these kinds of things to try to uh, take the blame away from us and our failure that uh, in, that, that we felt in life uh, and uh, but the the sad reality is or maybe not sad it's to say the reality is that we don't really know what life is we don't really know what death is we don't really know what a person is we don't really know what anything is we simply we do know however experientially directly that we can succeed and we can fail as it concerns um, what we would call life or as it concerns our existence, as it concerns ourself. That's what we directly experience. As for the things later, the intellectual form, uh, uh, formulations, the rationalizations that, you know, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. It's not so easy to say, you know, I saw it under a microscope. I saw it 
through a telescope and this already proves to me this and that. It's very complicated things, but we see directly that we fail. Can't be a good thing. It, It can't be something that we desire and we don't want to wave it off with a simple reductionist formula that'll make us feel better in the short term. Oh, you know, I already know. So that's the idea, um, and and we see again. We it, that's really the the um, where success and failure in life. That's what it comes down to. We would say it, it doesn't come down to to our abilities. Uh, uh, it doesn't come down to our intelligence. It doesn't come down to our wealth. Obviously, it doesn't come down to, uh, to to any anything superficial like that. It comes down to what extent have we escaped our animality, our selfishness, our, our narrowness. Our psychology and, and have we uh, kind of uh, unified ourselves with the truth and uh, with the truth that is broader than, than our narrow, uh, than, than our narrow little puny self. That's what it comes down to. And we would say that every person that, that is not at least severely uh, intellectually disabled, we would say there's people that you cannot form a concept as it would appear. They cannot be communicated with. Okay, fine. That's a separate story. But anybody that is, is, has the, the ability to to do something as simple as work a very simple job, to have the most basic relationship, to be able to communicate at all, to be able to understand anything at all, can uh, uh, work on, on reducing his or her selfishness, can pursue the, the whole point uh, of his or her life. And it stands to reason it would be a good idea to do that at any, at any and all cost. It's a life and death battle. If we fail, we're dead. We're dead meat and even worse. Like we said, worse than an animal. It's it's a horrible thing. And if we succeed, then our whole view of reality changes, our whole view of life, our whole view of death, our whole view of uh, of other people. So it's it's uh, it's what we have to shoot for. So that's the bottom line. We have to escape our selfishness at any cost by any and all means. So let's do it. Thank you for listening.